Let's open your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter 14 tonight. Mark, chapter 14. All right, let me see if I can help our spirits and our attitude tonight. Because I, too, admit this has been a bear of a week, okay? But we come together tonight, and I've got something for you that I pray will be a help to you, okay? been studying and preparing, and I want to have something tonight that will be a help to everyone here. It was a help to me, I'll tell you that. Now, here's the other thing. We get to join together in one accord where two or three are gathered, so we're qualified, right? And we get to talk to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we get to pray together and, and pour out our needs to the Lord and uh, intercede for people and pray for salvations for people and recognize how much we need God's help, right? So, thank you for being here tonight. And I'm excited to pray together with you and praying for Sunday, right? Want us to be praying for Sunday, all right? This is what I don't want you to think throughout the week. Oh, Pastor Ricky's got it. The choir's got it. I don't want anybody to think that. Can I get amen? I don't want anyone to think that. And if, if you don't think that, then this is what you're going to do. You're going to be praying throughout this week for the services Sunday, for Pastor Ricky and preaching, for the choir and the music, and for the, for the guests and the people who need Jesus and the salvations that, that we were praying for, and, and for people who may be, may be saved but out of church, and we want to see a fire lit under them, and uh, we just want to see God do great things. Can I get amen? All right? So I want you to be praying and seeking the Lord every day and praying for us as we're building up and leading up to that. Otherwise, we're just saying, oh, they got it. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't have anything, okay? I need God's help. And so let's be praying together towards that end. So tonight, in the spirit of Easter and Holy Week, if you would, and leading up to the uh, cross and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, uh, I often do this. Someone texted me today and said they often do the same. I often think about, and maybe you do when, when a loved one's passed away, and uh, the year anniversary of that death is coming up, and you may be thinking in your mind where you was at this particular time and uh, of the week leading up to their passing. You may think about that. And I often think about how things were the week leading up to Jesus being delivered to the cross. And my understanding scripturally is there wasn't a whole lot that is recorded of what Jesus did on Wednesday, actually. Uh, so tonight, we're going to fast forward a little bit to Thursday. And uh, that's where we are on the timeline of the week. And so the cross is now just a day away. And 
Of course, this is all recorded throughout the Gospels, and every Gospel has uh, something to say about it. You have the synoptical Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they're very uh, similar, and, and they're, and they're a, give an account of what happened throughout the week. John adds some things that's not recorded in the other Gospels. But tonight, we're going to focus primarily on Mark chapter 14, and we're going to begin in verse 12, and I'm going to read down to verse 42, okay? So read with me tonight, and uh, let's get in the Word together. And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go ye into this city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, the master saith, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came into the city, and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and to say unto him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and brake it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake, but he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass for him. 
And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Do y'all remember when Jesus uh, told the disciples, he says, get in the ship and go to the other side? And you remember when they were in the ship, Jesus was down in the bottom and he was sleeping? And the, the, the wind picked up, the waves picked up, and seasoned fishermen became, became afraid for their life. And they went down to Jesus and they said, Master, carest not thou that we perish? And Jesus didn't say anything. He just went up and he said, Peace be still. And the seas calmed, right? And they got to the other side. Well, here the tables are turned a little bit. And here we find in Mark chapter 14, Jesus is praying while the disciples slept. They weren't excited about a prayer meeting. They slept while Jesus prayed. Now, let's pray and get in the Word. Father, bless this time together we have tonight and help us. All of us have a need in our life. All of us, Lord, want to be provoked unto good works and to be encouraged. And I'm praying tonight that you would accomplish that in each of us. Lord, use your word, bless it with your spirit, magnify Christ, and help your people to grow in our faith. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. So, I want you to go back with me at the beginning. Let's just highlight some things leading up to that. All right? The disciples, when they wake up, they're concerned where they'll eat the Passover, because the, it's the first day of unleavened bread. In verse 12, they, when they killed the Passover, and so the disciples wanted to know, they asked Jesus, where, uh, where do you want us to go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover, that we may eat the Passover together? And so Jesus told them what to do. He says, I want, I want two of you, verse 13, to go into the city, go into Jerusalem, and you'll meet a man there bearing a pitcher of water, and I want you to follow him. Jesus has always got things worked out, okay? Kind of like what we're talking about Sunday, all right? The Lord is telling the disciples what to do, and he's already got somebody on the other end to supply the answer. And so it is our responsibility, Nathan, to just do what Jesus tells us to do, okay? And so he tells them, he tells, I want to send two of you. I want you to go into the city. When you go into the city, you'll find a man bearing a pitcher of water, okay? When you see him, I want you to follow him. And wherever he goes in, verse 14, I want you to say to the good man of the house, 
The master saith, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. The Lord already had it all worked out. And he does so often in our life, Darren. He's already got it worked out. The thing that I'm concerned about. Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Where do you want me to be? And he just, I've just got to follow his lead. And so the Lord says, you do this. You'll find, you'll, you'll run into the guy that you need to find. He'll be bearing a pitcher of water. You follow him into the house. And then you ask, where's the, where's the upper room that my master can come and we can, and we can uh, observe the Passover together? And so in verse 16, his disciples went forth. They came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. It just kind of goes through that right there. But I'm going to tell you something. Verses 12 through 16 is enough to be an incredible encouragement to us. If we just obey the Lord, the Lord will supply the answers that we're looking for. All right? All right. Amen. Then you get to um, later that day, before you get to verse 17, that's where John 13 comes in. And Jesus is, he's exemplifying servant leadership by washing the disciples' feet. And uh, then it's evening time in verse 17. And so he comes with the twelve to that upper room. And the Bible says at this time in John 13 verse 21 that Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Well, that's a difficult saying. He doesn't say who it is. He just says, one of you is going to betray me. Now, immediately, they, there's a growing concern. And it's difficult for them to hear. And we see what he said in verse 18. One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they begin to be sorrowful in verse 19. This was powerful words that he said. And they began to ask Jesus, well, is it me? And, a, and another says, is it me? I mean, what if, what, if, what if it was one of us? What if, what if I said tonight, one of us is going to walk out on Christ and be responsible for him being delivered to the cross? He knows who it is. Nobody else knew. And how many of you understand this? All of us are one day away from our testimony being completely away from God. That quick. And so they're asking, is it I? Is it I? And some things happened there at that time, and he says in verse 20, it's one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. Of course, we know it's Judas Iscariot, but even when Judas leaves, they're thinking that Jesus told him, he says, what you're going to do, go do it. And he left, and they, they thought because he had the money, Jesus just sent him on an errand to go buy some things. So they're still unsure among themselves of who it is. And then you get to verse 22, and as they ate, Jesus is delivering to them what we call the Lord's Supper. 
And he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave to them. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. Well, that's a strange saying. And then verse 23, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. What do you mean you're shedding blood? These are difficult things that they're hearing him say. And he says, I I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So it's a difficult thing. They all sing together in verse 26. Their minds had to be in different places. I don't think that they were in a spirit where they're just worshiping God. Their thoughts are in everything that is happening. And then you get to verse 27, and he prophesies their failure. And he quotes Zechariah 13, verse 7, in in verse 27. He says, All of you will be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I'm risen, I will go before you into Galilee. All of you, every one of you are going to be offended by because of me. You're going to run off and you're going to leave. Well, Peter is not going to be told what to do. Are you with me? That, that was always Peter. Even if it's Jesus Christ, how many times did he argue with Jesus? Get thee behind me, Satan. You desire the things of man more than the things of God, right? He argued with Jesus on a regular basis. He just argued with him when Jesus was washing his feet. And he says, no, you can't wash my feet. I'm not worthy. And Jesus says, well, you'll have no part of me. And and he says, well, don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me. He's he's, He's got a bad habit of always telling Jesus what to do. Some of you have that bad habit. All right? We're all prone to do that. And so he speaks up, verse 29. Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. I don't care what everyone else does. I will stick beside you. I will die for you. And Jesus said in verse 30, all right. Well, let me tell you what's really going to happen. This day, even in this night, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. Well, you would think that Peter would listen to that, but he spake the more vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. I mean, he just get upset. No, Lord, I will not deny you. I'd be afraid thunder would start rolling, wouldn't you? I will not deny you. Raise his voice to God. Well, we know what happens. He wasn't the only one that said it. See, at the end of verse 31, everybody else said that too. And so now they... In between verse 31 and 32, you have John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And Jesus is teaching them a lot of things concerning the comforter, concerning uh, let, 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. He begins to tell them all that. And this was difficult for them to hear. I'm setting all of that up as we get to verse 32. What I want us to realize is this. They had some difficulties. They had questions. What, what Jesus was saying, and therefore what God was saying, they did not understand. And what Jesus was talking about, this is my body. It's, and he breaks it. And he says, this is my blood, which is going to be shed for many. And he says, all of you is going to be offended and leave me. And all of these things that he is teaching, it's concerning, it's upsetting, it's troubling. And now we get to the garden. And it says in verse 32, they come to a place which was, called, which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. So the twelve at least have come with him. He's come to this spot, of, this spot in the garden that is on the outside the city walls of Jerusalem. It's on the hillside. You cross the, the brook Kidron, the Kidron Valley. You cross that brook and you begin to go up the Mount of Olives. And along the side of that mountain is this garden. And there are some, I mean even today, there are some thousand-year-old olive trees that are there. So it's a very unique place. And it's a place where Jesus and his disciples went to often because Judas says, I know exactly where they will be. He knew exactly where to take the soldiers. So it's a place they went to often. And so they go there and perhaps they're going to rest the remainder of the night. That's what the disciples are thinking. It's now late in the night, the early morning hours into Friday. And, and they're, they're gathered together. And Jesus tells them, he says, I want you to just sit here, rest for a little bit. He just says, sit ye here while I shall pray. And in verse 33, he takes the big three. He takes with him Peter and James and John. He takes them with him. And he usually did take them with him. Okay, you see that throughout the Gospels. Now listen to me. Think of these three right here. Peter is the one that just said, I will die for you, right? All right, will you come with me? James and John have just said, Lord, when you enter your kingdom... Let us sit on your right hand and your left hand. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. So he says, okay, I'll take you two. So he takes these three, and they remember they've all been arguing back and forth who is the greatest, and some of them were upset because James and John said, let us sit beside you on your right hand and your left hand. They're upset with them. They, they're, all of these emotions are taking place. And Jesus takes them a little bit further with him. And the Bible says that he began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Which means he was beginning to feel the extreme amount of stress. And the, the, the fact is that the weight of sin, the cup of God's wrath, is now being placed upon a holy God who knew no sin. And so all of the sin of the world that has ever been committed is now being placed upon him. 
And he becomes sore amazed and he becomes very heavy. And so the Bible says in verse 34, He said to them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. In Luke 22 and verse 40, He told them to pray that ye enter not into temptation. Now go back to this. Remember, remember when they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And lead us not into what? Pray for that. Deliver us from temptation. Jesus says the big three. I want you to sit here. I want you to pray. I want you to watch with me. And I want you to pray that you enter not into temptation. Well, you get to verse 34. And he says, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Spake of the intensity, the pressure, his sadness. Verse 35, Satan, we see, is attacking. The cup of God's wrath upon sin is before Christ. He goes about a stone's throw away, the Gospels tell us, and begins to pray by himself that if it were possible, this cup might pass. But look what he says at the end of verse 36. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt, right? And so he gets up in verse 37, and he goes and he checks on the disciples. Now, when Jesus is praying, Luke 2, 22, 43, 44 says, And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And the clinical name for that is hematidrosis. And it's where the, your, the capillaries become gorged when you're under intense stress. And when a human reaches maximum stress level, those capillaries bust and the blood comes out the sweat glands. It's a real thing. And Jesus was sweating Great drops of blood as the weight of sin is upon him. And an angel had to come from heaven to strengthen him. Now back in verse 37 and 38, he finishes praying. He returns to check on his disciples and they're asleep. And so he said to them, could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And so he goes away in verse 39, and he prayed the same words. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. And the Bible says in Luke twenty-two forty-five that they were sleeping for sorrow. They've been under a lot. They've been dealing with a lot. There's a lot of things they don't understand, Don. They're troubled. And what do we do often do when we're troubled? We like to go to sleep. And just for a little while, that stuff be set aside. Oftentimes we say, well, go to sleep, maybe things will be different tomorrow. Are you with me? 
All right, Jesus comes to him, he wakes him up. He says, can you not watch one hour? Pray, pray, lest you fall into temptation. They come back and they're, they're asleep again. They're, they're, they have a sleep of sorrow. Now get this. Sorrow and grief can cause those who walk closest to Jesus to close their eyes to the will of God and be led away by the weakness of their flesh. All right? Peter, James, and John walk closest to Christ. But in their sorrow, they go to sleep rather than pray. And so, verse 40, Jesus, he went to pray again. He went to pray a third time. And he returns in verse 40. And he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither knew they what to answer him. Lord, I don't know. I can't stay awake. I just can't do it. I can't. Jesus is saying... Liz, Jesus is saying, I want you to pray. Because trouble's coming your way. Listen, listen, trouble is coming your way. I want you to pray. Trouble is coming your way, Jesus. I want you to pray. And they're asleep. So you get to verse 42 and we're done. Verse 41 and 42, he says, the hour's come. He says, you just take, you sleep on, take your rest. Everything is good with Jesus now. What the Father wants is the Father gets. God's will be done. And so he tells them finally, verse 42, rise up, let us go. He that betrayeth me is at hand. Jesus, through his time praying, is now ready to face what the Father's prepared for him. Does everybody get that? I got all the way here to get to this point right here. Okay? Jesus is now prepared to face what the Father has prepared for him. Everybody get it? He says, y'all just rest. Time is at hand. I'm ready to go. The question is, are we ready to face what the Father has prepared for us? And what we learn from this is that we're not ready if we're not spending time with the Father in prayer. You with me? All of that to get to this point. You can't just sleep it off. Because when the soldiers come, everyone scatters. And Peter is warming himself by the fire until the cock crows. And when that rooster crows, he turns and he looks at Jesus, whom he had just denied three times. And he ran out of there weeping bitterly. Are you with me? So that is what Jesus is teaching us here. The disciples were struggling. Yes, they were struggling. But that's not the time to just lay it down. That is the time to take it to the Lord. Because something may be coming our way that we're not ready to face otherwise. 
Jesus had the weight of sin, the cup of God's wrath, Satan attacking, all of these things, and he's spending time with the Father. And when he gets done, he says, your will be done. I'm good with it. It's heavy, it's difficult, it's going to be hard, but I'm good with it. Are you with me? I'm willing to take it. We can't do that. We'll be running like scared little chickens if we're not prepared. So let's take some time tonight leading up to Easter. And let's take some time praying. Lord, help me to overcome my fear. This is, this is just, Lord, help me to overcome my fears. Help me to come overcome my doubts. And help me to understand the importance of bringing these things to you. Pray for our teenagers tonight during preaching.